Welcome to the Brendan Burns Show. I'm Brendan Burns, and I interview and share the stories of high performers, happiness engineers, and people who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, pro athletes, and entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy instead of status or money. In each episode, we share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Joining me today is Nicole Carlson of Flip the Switch. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you were saying before we got started that it's, you're based in Austin, Texas, and it, it's hot down there? It is. It gives a whole new definition to hot. Yes. Oh, man. But you were also saying, so you were saying that you've been there for 10 years, but take us back to the beginning. Where are you from originally? Well, originally I was born in California, but I grew up an army brat. So I moved all over. And even I was, I kind of grew up in Germany for about three years. My dad was a Russian spy. So he was working, he's Russian and working for the Russian government? No, he was in the army and he learned Russian. And when the wall was up, he Mm. would spy on the Russians. And he was an American spy spying on the Russians. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. (laughs) I don't know anything else really, but uh, it was when the wall was up and um, then we moved back over here, moved to Massachusetts. Then I went to high school in, well, high school. I was homeschooled for part of that Um, Mm. in, in, um, in uh, Fort Hood, which is just North of Austin. Yep. And then went to college in near Dallas. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And you went to college and how, and what did you major in? I'm, I'm trying to get the background in terms of how you wound up as a coach. Is there a <laughs> transformational <laughs> yes. thing that to you? Yeah. So I got, uh, got married out of college mm-hmm. and I got into software engineering Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hated it. Mm. One, because I married a man that I didn't trust. Mm. And two, because I hated software engineering. I just did it for the money. Kind of like we all think, oh, what makes money? Okay, let's do that. Right. And then got into it and realized that was not making me happy. Mm-hmm. And the combination of the two was just too much. And then in my late twenties, my mom got sick with cancer. And during the last year of her life, she talked about all these things that she still wanted to do. And when she died, I thought, wow, life is really short because she was only 47. And I thought, (laughs) thanks. Um, But because she passed, I was able to restructure my life, redefine my life. And I had been living under so much pain for so long because I was not doing what was right for me and my marriage and my, in my career that 
it wasn't enough to just make some changes. So I ended up getting a divorce, mm -hmm. selling my house. Then I was like, that's still not enough because the pain was so great and I let it go on for so long that I ended up quitting my job, selling my car one hour later. And the next day I was on a one-way ticket to Spain. <laughs> okay, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> let's, let's get back to this because there's so much to unpack there. Obviously, you're extremely strong and powerful and I want to hear all about how this has transformed your life and then now the people you work with. But you said something earlier. You said you married a man you couldn't trust. Yes. What does that mean? Why, why couldn't you trust him? He... After we were dating for a year, he ended up cheating on me. Okay. And even though it like never happened again, it continually happened in my head because I never healed from it. Because mm. I thought we we're supposed to, you know, move on, sweep things under the rug. I didn't know anything of myself or, you know, I thought marriage was about, you know, relationships were about sacrifice and compromise and you know, forgiveness, which they are, but you need to heal. And I never did. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that, well, it happened so long ago and um, I still wanted to be with him, but I couldn't get past my own issues of trust with him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just curious if that, if or how that impacts when you're a coach now, if you do anything around the realm of relationships, how that experience would impact advice that you would give people today? I do everything. Obviously, I do a lot of business coaching, right? Yeah. But I do everything around the person. So that would include relationships. That would include their health. That would include their relationship with themselves and what's right for them. Because mm -hmm. if you have something going on in one area of your life, guaranteed it's a pattern in every area of your life. <laughs> and relationships are a really great thing to look at in your business because the patterns with your relationship show up in your business. So you can look at your relationship and see that you're maybe neglecting that relationship and then see the pattern in your business. So mm -hmm. with your relationships, it's very like visible, right? And, and the same with health, right? But with your business, you think, oh, I'm just busy or I just don't have enough time. But if you look deeper, there's a pattern there. So yeah, we do a lot of work with every, <laughs> the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's interesting. It, it sounds like valuable learning experiences along the way, not to take away from the pain of what that must've been like, but let's, so let's talk about, so you, so you ditched the guy, you ditched the job, you ditched the car. And now where's this ticket to Madrid, Barcelona? <laughs> yeah, it was Madrid. Um, but there, I mean, there was a few times that I went back and forth. Well, not yeah. a few. I, vi I went back and forth traveling a lot. I went to Peru and then I went um, traveling in Europe for eight months. And then I went to Central America. I just did a lot of that and I kept coming home to make some more money. Mm -hmm. um, but on that trip to Europe, 
I ended up getting to a point where I was homeless for about a month. Wow. And the funny thing is that was my choice. Yeah. It was a money mindset issue. Okay. Talk, talk it out. And it was just like, I don't need money. You know, we all have this weird relationship with money. Like no matter, you know, no matter where we're at, we can look back at our past and say, okay, there's some patterns there. That's where I have this belief. This is why I want money, but I'm refusing to accept it or whatever. And I was just like, I don't need money. I felt like money had come between my ex-husband and myself, which wasn't exactly true, obviously, because of what I'd already talked about, but I blamed money. Hmm. And so I was resentful and I was like, I'm going to figure out who I am without money, which I did because it was, I was standing in line at a soup kitchen and I thought, I have absolutely nothing and I'm happy. I figured out how to be happy. And when I had everything, I was miserable. So now, now that I have nothing, Mm-hmm. I can rebuild my life from that point. Right. Yeah. So so talk about that experience of I've been in a situation where I've had everything on the surface. My background mm. is Wall Street and Ivy League education and all that fun stuff and was totally unfulfilled. Yep. Ha- so so I understand more that first part of okay having everything but not being happy. How did you find the happiness in the minimalism, the homelessness? How did you get there? Uh, a lot of questions. What if, Now that I don't have this or that, what does that mean for me? Who am I? What do I want? What's important to me? And it was just down to my own inner strength and mm-hmm. what was inside of me. Because I, I was like, I, I really have just the, my backpack and, you know, a few things. And I really learned to, to, it was the starting point of learning to um, tap into my own strength, tap into what I wanted, tap into what was important to me. And a lot of times we do this with meditation where we like shut everything down for 20 minutes. And then, but then, you know, you figure out what you want during that 20 minutes or you like clear your mind or whatever, or you get that to that space peaceful spot. But then after 20 minutes, you go back into the real world and you have everything. So it was, it was, it was like a big meditation. (laughs) (laughs) One big meditation in Spain. Right. Well, it was actually in England and uh, I was, I was even, I was um, dumpster diving as well for my food for a month. Wow. That's, that's powerful. It sounds like it, it was a tremendous growth opportunity for you yeah definitely definitely okay so so what's the timeline how long were you on this trip like it sounds like england plus spain plus maybe somewhere else and then that what was, that trip was eight months months but um i kept going back and forth from contract jobs in the mm-hmm. u.s mm-hmm. to travel but this was a huge turning point for me where i was like okay i have got to figure out what i want in one place. And so I came back to Austin and I started rebuilding mm-hmm. and just did a lot of exploration because 
I had never done that before. Like in school, I never really did that. I was never really into anything. And then, so here I started taking improv lessons, dance classes, salsa dance, swing dance, uh, drums, guitar, (laughs) Spanish lessons, just a whole bunch of stuff where I was just exploring who I was and what I wanted. Wow. And I think a lot of people don't give themselves permission to just do that because I didn't know. I was still, I knew what I didn't want. I knew it was unfulfilling. I knew like I wanted to focus on personal growth and, and, and be aligned, though I didn't know that word at the time, but I didn't really know the full depth of who I was and I'm still discovering that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when along this journey, did you discover either the term personal growth or did you find any books or resources or were you just kind of on your own internal journey for the most of the time? Um, it, the, a huge turning point for me was I was going through a depression and I thought someone had given me a, um, audio files for Tony Robbins time of your life. And I thought, mm-hmm. Well, I can either sit here and be depressed or I could listen to this audio file, which I totally don't want to do. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay, the audio file seems to be the least, like I sh- should probably do that. So I started listening yeah. and that was huge for me. And after that point, I realized, I like look back at my patterns, my money patterns and my relationship patterns. And I realized that I needed to start investing in myself. Like that, those words really hit home for me. And so that's when I started, you know, like signing up for all these classes and, and trying these things out. And, um, I did get into software engineering again, but these were permanent jobs. I knew they weren't permanent, but they thought they were permanent. And, um, then at 39, when I was 39 years old, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm about to be 40. I have to make my business work. I have to do it, right? And so then I just started get, like working with all these coaches and taking all these courses. And then I left the software engineering completely so happy. Um, <laughs> and oh and I also got into bodybuilding and Mm -hmm. I'm right now I'm working on my third competition and so that's the one hobby that's really stuck with me is Mm -hmm. bodybuilding and that has so much internal growth you have unless you've been (laughs) an athlete oh my gosh yeah it's funny you say that because I find so much inspiration like for sure i don't want to discount tony robbins he's a has a great body of work and his uh audio can be and video can be so motivating but sometimes when i look at michael phelps or ray lewis or kevin garnett or some of these athletes who have gone into similar depths as anyone else who's been depressed or anxiety or Mm -hmm. divorce or whatever i find so much inspiration in, in their work or just hearing them talk and watching them celebrate that one championship that they win and is really powerful. I want to go back to 
when you were basically being a high school student in your 30s or however old you were <laughs> in terms of taking all the classes. I love that because so many, it's so important like to, to go look inside ourselves and say, what do I like doing? You know, a lot of times you get lost in that software engineering job. You get lost in your husband. You get lost in something else or somebody else. And we don't say, hey, what do I want? What makes me happy and fulfilled? So it's on the surface, right? We know, okay, go take classes, join clubs, go explore, go play, go have fun. But what, what do you say to someone, Nicole? If they say, oh man, I, I want to learn Italian. I want to do a cooking class once a week. I want to join a book club, but I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I have the kids. I have my husband. I have to cook for him. I have to do this, do that, whatever. What do you say to that? That happens all the time with, with anything. Um, so really it's about figuring out what's really keeping them because it's never the time. Um, that's keeping them from doing that. So it's figuring out why they won't actually go for the thing that they want. And one of the things that I want my audience to see is that I'm building this business and I am also doing this bodybuilding competition and I'm in the gym two to four hours a day. And then on top of that, I'm doing like stretching and, you know, practice like all these things and I do the meal prep. And so I want people to see that there is time for all of this and that I want my, myself to be an example. And that is like just about figuring out what's really keeping you from going to that next level. And that's really a, what I do is like find that switch in people so I can flip that switch to make them, to, to give them permission to do the things that they want, really want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's something I see all the time and, and there's all these excuses. And what I often see is people putting the needs of others ahead of, of themselves. Mm. And I'm curious if you've, it sounds like you've done this a lot yourself and I'm curious how this shows up when you're working with other people. How do you, how do you show people to honor themselves and, and get into self care mode and self love mode rather than, Hey, I want to take care of these other people or the excuse of not, because when they say I don't have time, they have time. They're just usually giving their time to someone or something else. Exactly. Well, it's a huge process because the thing with life is it's so fluid right? So I work with someone over a long period of time. And this is kind of one of the first topics we talk about is what are you doing that you should be doing that you actually don't want to be doing? And so I make them write a list and then, and this is in their business and then their personal life. And then we start talking about each thing, why they're doing the, these things and what it would actually look like and feel like if they started doing what they wanted to do instead of what they should do, which, or like even trying to force them to do them to do what they should do. Like I should go to the gym, but they mm -hmm. never do. So mm -hmm. like, what, what do you want to do instead of go to the gym? Cause obviously it's not fun for you or else you'd be going. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. And in my own personal life, 
I am a co- I'm a business coach, life coach, um, working on training and certifications for relationship coaching as well. <clears throat> um, I'm all, yeah, I do other stuff too. It's, it's hard to put a label on me. I, cause I got started with in, being an Instagram influencer and quitting my wall street day job because I was uh, sort of in the opposite end of the spectrum as you being handed five-star hotels for free because of my Instagram, but being depressed in those hotel rooms because I was alone and not happy. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how we were on the other end, on the other end of the spectrum. You were in the soup kitchen where in Spain, I was in the W depressed. You were happy in the scoops kitchen. So it's mm-hmm. funny how, you know, the nice things don't give you the happiness. But um, yeah, one thing I was just going to ask you was health and wellness, going to the gym. It's something that most people would like more motivation. They'd like to be doing more of it, especially in our society and with the food and obesity epidemic. How do you, how do you motivate someone to get in there? Like I, I, I go to the gym. I have consistently gone to the gym for years, but I would say in the past six weeks, I just started to like really aggressively run again like running, sweating, sprinting, running miles on the treadmill. And that's something I haven't done in a long time. And I don't even really know why I started. I mean, I have a friend and she motivated me to get back into that. But if someone comes to you and they say, Nicole, you know, I just, I'm I'm not going to the gym. Like what, you know, I guess it's different for everyone, but how do you get people into that? As, As a bodybuilder who's in there so much, let's hear it. The thing of it is, is, I can't force anyone to do that. Like, I can't get somebody to go to the gym. I can want that for them, but I can't. I can I can only live my life and then give them ideas of, like, ask them to figure out what would actually excite them. And then, like you did, and you may not know what exactly triggered you to start doing this, but you hung out with somebody mm-hmm. that was a good influence on you yeah, and point. then that changed you. And that is one thing that a lot of people don't look at. Who are you actually interacting with? Are you interacting with the people that don't go to the gym, that drink and smoke and, you know, then that's going to be your behavior. Now I am always in the gym, but like, the people that I hang out with are competitors or trainers or people also in the gym. But outside of that, in my business, I have three biz sisters that I communicate with like almost every single day and they're up leveling, which Mm -hmm. has allowed me to up level. So I'm moving up in both areas of my life because one, I've proved to myself that I can do this and like this is what I want and two like I'm surrounding myself with people that are like-minded I think that's why everyone listening needs to pay Nicole the big bucks that is some (laughs) damn good advice I I just sort of got into my my mind a little bit which you don't want to get too into but I was like thinking back to the first time that we went to the gym together and she was like racing on the treadmill ran. I I was probably working out for 40 minutes lift. I I jogged for five minutes just to be like, well, if she's going to run, I'll run a little bit. Then I was like, by five minutes, I was like winded. And I was like, all right, I just warm up jog to get the blood flowing. I'm going to go lift for like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing some weightlifting squat bench. She's ran the whole time. 
and then we went to the gym together the next day and then I was like ran a little bit more a little bit more and then I remembered oh I used to run I like this this is fun and mm. then build it up slowly but surely and I, I, I totally agree it's like who you spend your time with who you become I think you said up leveling mm-hmm. I know you mentioned Tony Robbins earlier I don't know if you like anything by Jim Rohn who was mm-hmm. one of his mentors. And Jim has this great quote that I loved, which said, we're the average of the five people we spend our most time with. So yes. yeah, if you're, if you're the fifth man or woman in a group of five and everyone's running and going to the gym together, that's just yes. going to wean off on you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so good. Thank but you maybe, yeah. maybe you also fit, found something that you liked. You like it triggered. Oh yeah, I like this. I enjoy this. And a lot of times we focus on the things that we don't like, like having to prepare for the gym or having to eat the right kind of foods. And like, if you're focused on what you don't like, then of course you're not going to go to the gym. But you found somebody you. you wanted to go to the gym with and then you found something that you like to do at the gym and boom you're there yeah no, that's a good point too it's about finding something that you enjoy as well and not forcing running for example if you don't love it try boxing kickboxing like to your point earlier about trying those different things when yes. you're taking all those classes so so catch me up to today we we stopped at um 39 and you left software engineering full-time become a coach so wh- where did you go from there uh, well, I'm only 41. You look that old. Happened since then. Um, so I have just been really focused on myself, so that I can be better for my clients and for my future. Um, since January, I've hired 11 coaches. I don't know if you've seen that, um, but yeah, to work for you or to coach you <laughs> to coach me. Okay. 11. <laughs> like, yeah. are you all coaching you right now at once or no, you, no. Oh, okay, but out. The most I had at one point was six, but the thing of it is, is I have like one for my two, two for my bodybuilding, one for diet and the other for the exercise. And then I had an NLP coach and then I had, right a business coach and then an intuitive business coach. And um, so the thing of it is, is I know that the ROI that I'm getting from working with all these coaches is paying off one for myself, two for my clients and three for my, you know, future self and clients. And the thing that most people don't realize is your business is about your own personal growth. Mm-hmm. So if you're having problems in your business, like procrastination or um, fears, it comes down to you and your personal growth. And so if you have these things coming up, then that's what you need to take care of personally to be able to get to the next level in your business. Yeah. It's well said. <clears throat> People come to me and they say, Brendan, I want to have 100K on Instagram. I want to have a six-figure business or seven-figure business like you. I want to travel full-time. And then we say, and I say, okay, um, talk to me about your business. And then they're like, well, I have this amazing idea, but 
I don't, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And then we're talking yeah. about the relationship with their mother and their siblings who overshadowed them, you know, whatever it is. I, I, I couldn't agree more. You mentioned NLP though. And that's something that I, I haven't spent a lot of time talking about on my show. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about what NLP is and what you learned from your NLP coach. NLP is basically a technique that you, I can use in my coaching to help people make a change in their life. So if you have like an internal conflict or you have like stress, anxiety, um, um, panic attacks, OCD, um, and phobias, any kind of behavior that you're doing or not doing that you want to do, um, it addresses those things. So, um, <clears throat> I use, it stands for neuro-linguistic programming. Okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I use that in like conjunction with my personal experiences and like what I've done to flip that switch in my own life to, help other people make the changes that they need to make. And I've been able to use that with a lot of business owners that are experiencing pretty, like pretty in-depth issues like chronic OCD, uh, trauma, uh, rape, um, things that they have tried to disconnect from. And then they've tried to, work in their business and not maybe they haven't like fully addressed these issues and so it's still impacting their business and i think that for a lot of us as entrepreneurs we go through a lot of anxiety and depression mm. and as long as you're carrying that it's really hard to playful out in your business and playful out in your life and so those are two things that I help my clients with as well, because I had, um, I have a client that I just talked to him two weeks ago or a week or two ago because he mentioned, brought up suicide and said, like kind of hinted that he was thinking about it. I was like, why are you talking about this? And that's something that I had to deal with. But I mean, the thing of it is, is people don't have the support that they need and don't have like a trusted advisor that they can go to because there's a lot of shame in making good money and being unhappy. Like how can you, do, how can you be making that much money and be that successful and be that depressed? And that's, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think it's important to, for me to just come out on my own show and say that I've struggled with a lot of, painful fears and anxieties with my business during, mm -hmm. because I, I started this about a year and a half ago. And I mean, people look at me and they think, Oh, you know, he's got it all figured out. And, and, and I used to look at other people and say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Look at them. They're, they're fine. They're writing the emails. They're doing, they're crushing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know? And then once I, once I started to get some mentors and coaches and, and I saw some very, very established well-known people, talking about these same issues or yeah. even more magnified. Like for example, Tim Ferriss is a big mentor of mine. He wrote the four hour work week. He has yeah. a big podcast mm -hmm. and 
he uh, he was suicidal. Now, this is much earlier in his life when he was in college, yeah. but he has battled anxiety and depression for years. Mm-hmm. And knowing that didn't make me happy, but from a, a compassionate, like feeling connected with my community and my fellow humans on this planet to know that I'm not the only one going through this, I think is really important. And if you're open to sharing, I would love to hear kind of what your process was like and, and what you felt when you said, you mentioned being feeling depressed in the past and how, and how did you work through that? Um, well, I had a lot of depression growing up because I didn't really know who I was and like how to connect to myself and that relationship with myself. Um, and then also how to empower myself. And so part of it was allowing myself to explore. And part of it was, saying no to the things that weren't working for me. So that relationship that I was in that married to that guy that I didn't trust. Um, uh, I like how I disconnect myself more and more from that. <laughs> married yeah. to that guy that, uh, um, but I used to have like in software engineering, I used to have panic attacks and anxiety attacks all the time. And I would freak out. And part of it I knew was subconscious. Like I was, my subconscious was making me have these anxiety attacks because I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there. Right. And that happened in my relationship. Part of me, I was overemphasized, like my conscious and my, like was overemphasizing these anxiety attacks when Really, I probably could have been like, okay, whatever. It's not that bad, which is how we calm ourselves down usually. Mm -hmm. And so I had, up until Sunday, I hadn't had an anxiety attack for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. We can do all the work and finally get to a point where we we think we have it, but these things are always going to come back. That So I had an anxiety attack on Sunday, which was... Looking back, it's quite ridiculous why I had an anxiety attack. Um, but I was at a potluck and for the NLP thing. And um, I am on meal prep. So I'm calorie deficient. I'm working out all the time. Kind of tired most of the time. And so it's been a mental battle to stay focused, stay energized, still be excited in my fourth hour in the gym. And I was at this potluck where I had to eat fish and spinach with this meal. Mm -hmm. And I had to wait for the microwave. Mm. And I, that five minutes, I had a complete meltdown in the back because I had to wait for my food. Mm. And that was my fault because I didn't eat on time. I didn't take care of myself. And the other thing is I know how to address anxiety. I know how to address those attacks. But when it caught me off guard, I kind of like forgot, right? Because I didn't prepare. Now I can go back and go, okay, if this were to happen, well, one, I don't think it'll happen again. But if it were, this is how I would get myself out of this situation. Mm-hmm. But none of us are perfect. And these things are always going to come back. That fear that you're not enough is still going to come back. That fear that you won't be loved 
is still going to come back. That procrastination is still going to come back. And mm -hmm. what I do is I help people figure out how to manage all these things, how to navigate their emotions, how to read what's actually going on so they can stop ignoring these, this pain that they have and start actually fixing it. Yeah. Well, I want to just commend you on how much it sounds like you've grown to a point where this is so rare for you now and say, you know, that sounds like it was a tough situation, but you've been able to build the skills to get out of it. And it sounds like you're being really thoughtful about you really know exactly why it happened. You, you have a takeaway from it about how to prevent it next time, but you're also being really compassionate towards yourself and saying, I'm a human and it happened and I'm going to just go forward. I'm not going to dwell on it. So just seeing how you told that story was really impressive to me because it shows me that you have a great relationship with yourself. You're so equipped to coach other people on this. Like if you were the only person, I don't think you're the only person in America who has panic attacks. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, I would say thousands if not millions of people have them and half of them probably don't even know that they're having them. They're just like, why do I feel so crazy? And they try to shake it off and then they go to some kind of coping mechanism or of some sort. So I just really yeah. want to thank you for, for sharing that and how you shared that. And it, it really shows a level of maturity and growth that you should be really proud of. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, anything else on, so, so we talked about that, your business, I guess, where are you today? What is flip the switch? Mm, my business. So, I am coaching high performers. That's people who kind of like my story and your story, people who are successful and most of them, most of the time they're entrepreneurs, but mm -hmm. they are struggling with all these things that are coming up for them and they want to get to the next level. And right now I just, well, how long ago? Three or four months ago, I started a show called Flip the Switch, a Facebook live show where I interview people and just kind of talk about interesting, fun stuff. It's like no, no big, no, nothing big or crazy or hard, but just something fun for me because I want fun in my business. I want to connect with people. I love to talk to people. And um, I'm just trying to make sure that it's my business is fun for me, but also that my clients are having fun in their lives because it's so, so important. I think we've forgotten about that. And, um, agree more. we, <laughs> we wake up and we say, all right, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do yeah. that. And then half the time, half the stuff goes wrong anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no fun. People aren't having fun. They think fun is for kids. Yep. Yep. And, um, so that's, so you got the feed, so you got the Facebook live show and then you have one and then you do one-on-one -on -one coaching primarily. Yes. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching right now. And, um, I, I know I have a book inside of me and like last night I had this inspiration and I actually started it. Nice. Um, but I wasn't procrastinating. It was just like, I knew that it was going to come at the right time. Mm -hmm. And so that's exciting. And what yeah. you, I know this is a, a very loaded question, but if you had to just sort of like have a dream right now and your book is written, it's in stores, in shelves all over the country, you're doing the book tour, you're signing books for people. 
and someone comes up to you and they said, Nicole, I just read your book. I loved it. This was my biggest takeaway. Like, what do you want that biggest takeaway to be from your book? That that you know, we spend so much time, so much of our life waiting, waiting for the right people to come into our life, waiting for permission, waiting for that opportunity, waiting for whatever that money, time, whatever it is. But really, we don't need any of that to start. We just need to find that switch that's inside of us and flip that switch. And that's with people that people we surround ourselves with. Sometimes that flips, helps flip the switch. But um, we are responsible for our own future. We are responsible for creating the life that we want to live. And it's totally possible. Wow. And that's, yeah, that's what I want them to realize. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I know I have at least one book in me and I've, I've done some outlining. So I think that's really exciting. And let me know when the book tour is. I'm going to, if you do a, a signing in New York, I'll be there. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, as we're closing in here, uh, what, what are you doing currently in terms of your own development at this stage? You've obviously done a lot of work on yourself. You're now sharing this with clients, what's on your bookshelf? What seminars are you going to? What are you studying? Uh, right now, the big thing is I'm working on my bodybuilding competition. I am seven weeks out. And so the big thing that I'm working on is making sure that I am taking really good care of myself, taking really good care of my emotions, mm. still showing up in my business, um, a lot of mental focus, a lot of making sure that I get the support that I need. I'm surrounded by friends and family who, you know, support me. Um, so right now you can kind of say it's a little bit of a selfish <laughs> but the thing of it is is the what I'm learning now like when you're in this food deprivation and like going to the gym and you're still obsessive and excited about going after 4 hours what I'm learning now I pass on to yeah my clients and so I feel like this is training for me to really figure out the next level. And so, yeah, the next seven weeks. And then uh, my competition is on seven, uh, September 8th, mm -hmm. which you're totally invited to. <laughs> Where is it? It's here in Austin. Oh, okay. Well, I've been, I, I'm due for a trip. I've been to Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. I've been all over Texas. I've never been to Austin. Well, calm down. Yeah, maybe I'll make you a sign. And <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. So that's, that's really inspiring and, and not selfish at all, in my opinion, because I think the biggest gift we can give to the world is to give to ourselves because once we fulfill our own needs and it just spills out onto everyone else. And yep, absolutely. So that, that's really powerful. You mentioned managing emotions. Yes. That's been a big thing in my life and, and helping other people is sort of understanding that we have these emotions flowing through our bodies and most of us just shove them way down or we don't connect with them. How do you manage your emotions? I let them come up. 
and then I figure out what I need to change based mm -hmm. on these emotions. So one of the things a few weeks back was I was having these feelings of just kind of down and starting to feel a little depressed. And I was like, okay, something is going on. Obviously it might have to do with the competition, but I realized that I wasn't spending enough time with girlfriends and that I needed that connection. Mm. And so I changed that. And so it's just really about when you feel this emotion, treating it like it's another person, like you're in a relationship with yourself, right? So you have this emotion of fear that comes up. Okay. And then you talk to that and figure out, you know, why are you having this fear? Okay, well, let's do this together. You know, I'm going to help you. And you're kind of like two people inside. Um, yeah. But really taking care of that emotion instead of shutting it down because it is a relationship with ourselves. And if we're shutting it down, it's like putting – like putting a kid in a closet and being like, okay, just stop, you know? And then if we're taking care of that, we're like, okay, I understand. And then working through it, let's change this. Let's do this. Or let's not focus on the bad part of this and focus on what's exciting about this, you know? So it's about doing the right thing for yourself and then focusing on the right thing. Yeah. It, it, it was so interesting when you said I had this stuff come up and then you, you asked yourself, what do I need to process this or move forward? And then you realized you weren't getting enough connection from others and from your girlfriends. It, it almost reminds me of like, you know, if you had a lot of people when they have pain in their lower back or their neck, that pain is telling them, hey, you need to take a walk or get away from the computer or go stretch out. But they usually respond to that pain in a, in a different way. Like I'm going to just take Advil or I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to just go do something else because this is bothering me. And I think a lot of times our emotions are almost symptoms saying, hey, there's something wrong here. Maybe not. Maybe they just need to come up and be released. But sometimes yep. our emotions are our signals. Hey, you know, siren. And then you turn into the emotion. You say, what do you need right now? What, what do I need right now Yes. to, to deal with that? And, and you just, I mean, just you're natural. You just did that. <laughs> Sounds like organically at this point. It's beautiful. So let's let's spread that mission to the world and how how much we could change change people in the world in that way um okay so i guess before i tell everyone your website and instagram and, and all the fun stuff there and, and i want to know the details i want to come see your next facebook live show but before okay. we get to all the link share um what would you say is like the biggest takeaway that you want the listeners from this show to go and, and take into their life that the good, it's good news and bad news. The good news is, well, the good news and bad news is everything is up to you. It's all your responsibility. No one's going to come and save you. The good news is it's your responsibility. You get to do this. You get to create this life. You get to choose where you want to go and, and get to choose how you move forward. And so once you realize that you have the power to do this, surround yourself with the people that you need, the coaches, the support, and, and um, just start taking that next step. I love that. You, you are in control. 
Yes. Everyone said, I mean, I just finished this book last night called The Courage to be Disliked, which mm-hmm. is a really powerful book about Adlerian psychology. And uh, it was written in Japanese and it was a hit in Japan for years. And they finally just translated it to English. And I just, it was so powerful. And, and the whole thing, not the whole thing, but a huge takeaway was like, we are in control of our own destiny of our own lives. I remember this quote that said, you're the main character, you know, like your life is a movie and you're the main character. You're the mm-hmm. protagonist. You're the leading actor, the leading actress. Mm-hmm. Stop blaming minor backup roles for your problems or why the movie is not going the way you want it to go. Exactly. And when I read that quote, I was like, wow, I'm being such a dick to my boss. Or even if I'm not being mean to him, I'm judging him and I'm blaming him and that's causing tension between us. And yes, he was a great guy and a lot of that was my issues. But the other thing was like, even if he was the worst guy in the world, I'm choosing every day to show up at that job. Exactly. I can make a different choice. I'm in control. It's not, it's not up to him. Yeah, so true. Anyway, sorry, I just hijacked your like summary. <laughs> but No, it's beautiful. The, uh, this is awesome. I'm so glad we did this. Uh, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook, on my personal page. Also, I have my flip the switch page where I have interviews and also on my website, NicoleCarlson.com and LinkedIn. Um, I'm on all social media platforms, but really on Facebook and LinkedIn the most. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I know we're connected on Facebook for sure. The website, I'm going to put it in the show notes for you guys listening, but it's Nicole Carlson. Nicole is with a CH. Yes. So it's for listeners. Anyway, Nicole, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Good luck on the competition. Maybe I'll be there in Austin in September, but thanks again so much. Thanks for having me.